Hi everybody, welcome to the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. My name is Gareth Oliver and welcome to episode number 50, that's right, 50, 50 episodes of this podcast, which is a, um, a bit of a milestone, so we're going to be raising the bat to celebrate a little bit because not every podcast makes it this far, so we're really pleased that uh, we've made it and thank you to anyone who has listened to any episode really, if you've listened to one or you've listened to a lot. We appreciate the support. It's fantastic. And um, hope you're with us for the next 50 podcasts as well. On episode 50, I'm speaking with Letitia Stevens, who is speaking about a pilot project that she's working on for GCH, which is assisting people with intellectual disabilities to access telehealth. Letitia also talks a little bit about her own journey as a person who is neurodiverse, and I will let Letitia tell that story herself because it's her story to tell, and she tells it much better than I ever could anyway. This is the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health here for you, your family, and most importantly to us, our community. I'm joined by Letitia Stevens this week, and Letitia, I'll get you to explain a little bit about what we're talking about. Sure. Thanks, Gareth, and hi, listeners. So today we're talking about, I suppose, overarching disability, and we're also going to talk about a new program that's being rolled out in the Wimra and Grampians, which is called the Spider Project, which is really about connecting people of intellectual disability and their carers or family, along with, uh, along to, along with telehealth or video consultation so really connecting to them the health services so they can get access to quality care and especially because we know in the region there is a barrier with the internet as well as travel so it's a much needed project to help people um, have better quality care not a great acronym I know, terrible. Like if you've got arachnophobia it is not a good time. <laughs> no, but a great sending program so I mean I think everyone regardless of their status you know whether they have a disability or not We've seen how much telehealth has boomed over the last few years out of necessity because we couldn't go and visit specialists. We couldn't go and visit, you know, allied health professionals, even GPs with a lot of that was over the phone. Um, but I imagine people, especially with an intellectual disability, would have struggled a bit more with doing that sort of stuff, wouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. So I can speak to this on two fronts. So the first front is that we do know from research that people of intellectually disability and also out in the region or rural communities have to wait a day longer to access care, which is just not good enough. People need to give the, the health care that they deserve and need, and it should be access for all at the end of the day. Um, and then as a person of, uh, I suppose, intellectual disability, I prefer the term neurodivergence. Uh, I've had the experience of having those barriers and that was living actually just in Ballarat, a regional town. So imagine what it's like even further out here as well too. Yeah, because, I mean, when you think of Ballarat, that's a... It's a pretty big place mm. in comparison to the areas that we sort of cover. And to hear that there was those issues, you know, for, for accessing services for, for someone like yourself who's, who's neurodiverse, you know, for someone who may have a – and I don't want to, this to sound like I'm, I'm, you know, saying one's worse than the other, but someone who has maybe a more – a more impairing version of an intellectual disability, that would have made it even tougher, I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I, I suppose, 
I acknowledge my privilege. I'm quite happy to advocate for myself, but some other people in the diverse world of intellectual disability might need their carer, might need their family in the room as well too. But chances are they still want to be talked to like they're the person who's getting the care as well. So it's making sure that I guess we're connecting and training everyone in that space so that people of intellectual disability are respected and they can access the service through the means they find the most comfortable and are respected throughout that process as well too. So are you happy to talk about your neurodivergence? Yeah, totally, yeah. So I can go into a bit more. So I am, the technical term is learning um, learning disorder. However, I prefer to identify with probably the neurodivergence. Um, For most common people though, the easiest way to understand it is I have dyslexia and dyscalculator. So dyslexia is... um, Probably the easiest way to kind of say that is that you have a disorder of words and then dyscalculia is a disorder of maths. And I've never heard of the dyscalculia? Yeah, yep, dyscalculia. It is an interesting one and there's a couple more in there as well too. So you have things like dysgraphia as well. So it's a it's a, a big broad world of um, disabilities out there as well too and diversity. And full disclosure, I did have to get Letitia to show me what dyscalculia was uh, in the office the other week because I'd, I'd never heard of it and I'd imagine there's probably a lot of people who have it. dyslexia is something that I think everyone's heard of mm-hmm. um, how, how do you, you've gone through and you've studied and you, you know, you, you've now got this new position and you've worked at GCH previously as well how much support did you get going through your studies um, to assist you to get to where you are now? Yeah, great question and I think we are building as a society our knowledge and um, acceptance as well as empowerment around these subjects as well too. So we're getting better, but there's still a lot of work to do. So for me, one reason why I'm really passionate about this project and having technology as a tool for empowerment for people with disability is because I don't think I would have gotten through tertiary education or higher education without having technology. So without those tools, like for example, I use to help me, I use the word function read aloud because hearing it, I can actually hear the mistakes I've made, whereas if I'm reading it, I wouldn't be able to pick up on it. So simple things like that have been removed the barriers that I would face with my dyslexia in accessing and being able to do the work in um, tertiary education as well too. So, But with that, the, um, I got a late diagnosis as well too. So there was also that journey of, I guess, you have to change your self-image as well too, so as a late diagnosis. And then on top of it, with the tertiary education, accessing services within that system to be able to help me. So I had a um, disability support person within the university system and they were a massive help in terms of actually educating me around how to advocate for myself. So We're seeing a lot more of that sort of late diagnosis stuff, aren't we? Oh, definitely. And I think um, that's because hopefully in society the stigma is going down and we're just learning to accept people for the diverseness that they are, which is great. So... But also just uh, I think it's that empowerment too. So people just feel more comfortable with finding that sense or exploring that sense of themselves as well too. Yeah, and look, let's let's hope it continues down this path. I've actually been reading, I don't know if, you, if you've heard of Chloe Hayden, who is an actor and advocate for um, people with autism. She's autistic herself. Oh, yes, yeah, I do know. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I've been reading her, her book and she's actually on the reboot of Heartbreak High and – had a lot of input into the uh, 
neurodiverse character that she plays on there. And I think seeing that sort of stuff in in media because that was a that's been a big hit on Netflix. Yeah, massive. And I think um, like that goes into our story of Heartbreak High is a good example of um, the Australian narrative and including people of disability and the diversity that's represented in that cast is perfect. And she was perfect casting because she can actually represent a true representation, which we need to see more of that. And that's probably why I'm big on, I suppose, promoting my disability and my role, because I want to show other people that, yeah, you can have a job. Yes, you can do things that you care about. Like all of that we need to show is achievable and we can work towards that future. Yeah, and, and I, I really applaud you for that. I think, like you said, the more people can see it, the more visibility there is, and especially for younger people coming coming through, you mm. know, who may be getting diagnosed, and then to see, look, well, there are people out there who still succeed and, you know, they may have had to go a different way to people who are neurotypical. Mm. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's the fun thing about this job role too is there's more than one way to kind of go about it and it's really creative problem solving at the end of the day it, and it's that's one of the strengths that people of diversity probably bring to the table or disability is because we're able to think of a problem in a non-linear um, format we're able to think of other solutions because that's what we've been doing our whole lives to access things in our society that are not built for us mm. let's dive into the program yeah okay so tell us a bit about what you're going to be doing yeah so we're kind of in the development and research Um, stage at the moment which is kind of we're looking at how to best deliver training sessions to people of intellectual disability their carers and family members to access that telehealth and that's also including looking at a referral process long term to have a one-on-one if you need as well too to set that up or if you're having barriers like for example you don't have access to a laptop my job is essentially how can I find you that access to a laptop so we can find that access to the healthcare system. And then the other side of that is providing um, health services with the training around telehealth as well as how best to empower their clients to engage in their service through telehealth and video consults as well too. So So not just working directly with the person with a disability but also linking in with support coordinators, program providers, uh, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, correct, yep. So we want to, I guess, give... We're looking at this holistically, so we're able to strengthen the system for everyone, and that includes um, educating those health services. And then, if they don't have telehealth um, accessible within their services, why not? Um, you, like, it's a growth area. We should look into it. How can we promote you or help you to get that established as well for your clients as well too? So it's a really fun space in being able to help our region grow as well. And we know that for everyone, not just people with disability, but for everyone, especially people like myself who live in a small little town, um, public transport isn't really an option for a lot of people, is it, to get to Melbourne or Ballarat or Geelong? No, and that's such a unique thing to our, our community is you're looking, if you've got a specialist, on a good day, you might have to go two hours to an hour and a half to Ballarat. On a bad day, you'd be going to Melbourne, which is a three-hour drive, and that's not including back, which would be six hours. So we need to make sure that we're removing those barriers like access to transport. And chances are, as a bit of a crossover, some people of intellectual disability might not have a licence, so they would be relying on public transport as well. So how do we make this easier for everyone involved? And it's a pilot program to start with, isn't it? Yeah, correct. So, And it's also being run throughout the state of Victoria. 
but um, at GCH and with Western Primary Health Network, we are the only one that's rolling out a peer support model. So it's pretty exciting. So um, having a person of intellectual disability talk to people of intellectual disability. Yeah, and how much do you think that your background will help the people that you're working with? Immensely, because I'm incredibly passionate about this as well, as I mentioned, because of having the problems of being able to access um, services in the past for my own health and then on top of it so I've got that empathy and then on top of it um, knowing how much that technology can help you remove barriers as well too so that's through the tertiary education system so I think I can bring all of that to the table to help people and I'm not afraid to think creatively to figure out solutions to help people remember those things or to work with them to find what works for them best because that's the key in getting people to get involved in these health services as well too so how big an area are you going to be covering um so we're leaving it at kind of broad statements so wimra and grampians region um so i believe just as a bit of a, a general kind of thing we've got about four shires included in that too so and that's a big big area we, yeah. we cover big areas here i yeah. mean when you look at, um, you know, the outrural city local government area, for example, you can go 50 kilometres south and you're still in the LGA. Yeah. And you, you know, you think about that and then you have Northern Grampians, which is a big area, stall across the Sonata. You can be a little bit of travelling, aren't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. And now that I think about it, I'm like, oh, maybe it's actually six councils. So <laughs> it's definitely going to be a big area. But I've got friends in Horsham I'm going to stay with. I'm based in Stoll. And then on top of it, I'm based in Ballarat as well too. So the perfect blend of being able to travel all across the countryside. And there's, I know, a good podcast you can listen to when you're in the car as well. Oh, yeah, so do I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you could listen to this one. Um, so what what made you really excited to do this? What, yeah. What, what's your, you've talked about it a bit, but, I mean, this is, it's going to be something that people might initially struggle with. People may not have accessed telehealth. What's your real drive in helping these people to access these services? Yep. Um, I suppose at the end of the day, it's the fact that it's back to equality. Like people need this access to the surface. There is no ifs or buts kind of about it. It needs to happen because it's just quality healthcare and quality healthcare goes into so many aspects of our lives. So we know that if you have better health outcomes, you'll have a better life satisfaction. So all those things and preventative care, so preventing um, long-term comorbidities or diseases as well so at the end of the day that's kind of what it is I'm for people and also just having that equality and respect throughout the whole system as well but if we can make people's life better just even just by having a conversation that's a win in itself so mm, absolutely especially because a lot of these people would also be struggling with that loneliness and isolation I'd imagine yeah definitely and that's an aspect that comes into the uniqueness of uh, the Wimra and Grampians area is that we do suffer from social isolation um, I think previously we did have our older Australians initiative and that was based around social isolation within the region as well too so that's something we need to consider um, when looking at rolling out this service too because we might have somebody who might have a complex scenario of they might not have internet they might have anxiety or social anxiety on top of it and they're socially isolated based on the area that they live in so how do we work with them to build up their confidence um, but whilst also empowering them to access those services so they can get the care they need and you can go back and listen to the podcast we did about the older australian initiative 
Um, I hope you have you listened to that one. Yeah, I have actually. Yeah, yeah. sorry, it was a good, good listen. Yeah, because because um, that was Letitia's mum that I spoke to. On that one. So I think <laughs> mum yeah. wouldn't be happy if you didn't listen to her podcast. So she better return the favour and have a listen to this one. I think. I think so too. <laughs> I'll tell her on my back. Um, at the moment, it's just people with intellectual disabilities you're going to be working with as part of the pilot, isn't it? Correct. But I think already based on feedback I'm hearing from NDIS coordinators, there's a massive dis- demand to explore that out further and I think even though this it's only a pilot project in the first year we will probably stick to the just the scope of intellectual disability long term I could see this including people of um, in age care this including people of mental health or um, psychiatric area as well too there's so much growth or impairment just even so there's so much area for disability and or other areas in terms of that to help people get the care they need. So what are your goals? What would you like to see come out of this at the end of the pilot program? Yeah, so I guess we our goals are big and broad. Our mission is to connect those groups. So we want to see people of intellectual disability, their families or carers, as well as those health services using the means of telehealth to reduce essentially people's travel time as well as provide better health outcomes and reduce their costs as well too. That's the ideal big overarching goal. However, small-term goals, we're probably looking at developing those training sessions, rolling them out, um, testing them, and then seeing how they go as well as getting that referral process up so that we can have that one-on-one support if you need as well too or figure out brokerage options so that people can get access to laptops or they can get access to internet so um, or even talking to internet providers is probably another scope of it as well too so that we can fix the black spots within our area as well too. So they're the small kind of things that fit into the big picture of just getting people the care they need. If anyone wants to be part of this program, how do they go about it? Um, currently it's a probably just best to contact GCH and ask to speak to me. Um, or we are developing that referral pathway long-term, but probably best contact is to speak to me and we can have a bit of a chat around it and I'll let them know where we're at and how it's going to develop in future so that I could put them on even potentially a wait list, but we'll see how we go. When does it kick off, Letitia? We're hoping to roll it out late January. Having said that, it might be a bit behind schedule, so we'll see how we go. Yeah. And of course, if you are interested, 53587400, that's the number here at GCH. Talk to one of our friendly customer engagement staff and they'll be able to put you through to Letitia or uh, get Letitia to get back in touch with you because she's, she's pretty busy. Um, how long is the, pro- the pilot program lasting, Letitia? Sorry. About a year. So, yeah, but very keen to hear from any health services who have insights within the area or are looking to do training in future. Um, as well, if you are a person of intellectual disability or and or family or carer, let me know and see. I can see how I can help out in the meantime or put them on a waiting list as well too. So will you be reaching out to other um, disability organisations in this part of the world as well? Yeah, so we started off with a focus on rural and remote and then we'll probably look at branching out from there too. Yep. So does, does that mean that you'd go to a place like, say, Pinnacle, for example, or Villa Maria and, and let them know what the service is, is that you'll be doing? Yeah, sure, and, yep. And all that sort of stuff and, and then getting them to also send information out to any families and carers? Yeah, definitely. And I think long-term we're going to come up with some resources for them to keep permanently. So they ever, if they ever need to refer back to, like, for example, a how-to or deliver telehealth, they can have something tangible to use as well too. Um, obviously, 
I think it's going to be a fantastic program and, and I'm, you're very passionate about it. Um, how much do you think it'll help people with intellectual disability living in regional areas? So much. Like if I had someone to help me during the time that I accessed healthcare um, in Ballarat, I reckon it would have made the process so much easier and less daunting on top of it because there is that you do come into the, some of the healthcare systems with a bit of anxiety because it's a clinical environment and it's very confronting if you don't understand what the person talking to you is talking about. So having just someone to help you navigate that space and make the process easier, I think a lot of people are going to get out of it. And I hope long term that we would reduce those wait times of an hour before care because ultimately it should be you need care when you need it. And you bring up a good point because for anyone who isn't involved in that sort of health space, a lot of the jargon, acronyms and stuff like that are hard for anyone to understand if you're not used to it Mm -hmm. and then you throw an intellectual disability on top of that which may make your understanding a bit different um you're right very very daunting to go into a place like that isn't it it is for sure and uh sometimes like i found myself in those clinical environments agreeing to things and then actually realizing afterwards because of the delay in my processing that i actually don't want to do it So there's barriers, that's an immediate barrier as well too. So having people have that experience when we could help both sides of them sort it or clarify it straight at the start, not to say that it's not a bad thing if it does happen, but just making it easy on everyone involved. So you're almost like a a, um, jargon interpreter. Pretty much. I could be like a a, a translator maybe. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think we all need that. Yeah, definitely. To be honest. Yeah. Um, Letitia, um, I really appreciate you giving us some time. Is there anything you want to get across before we put a bow on this episode? Oh, thank you for coming on episode 52, by the way. This is Ooh. this is a big milestone. We're raising the bat with this episode. Awesome. That is great too. Um, probably last bit of plug-in just to back off your 50th episode. We are going to run a podcast focusing on intellectual disability. So that'll include things like, um, I suppose, work as well as topics as well as accessibility so just focusing on different topics that are unique to people of intellectual disability so that'll be rolled out probably late jan as well too so watch the gch or grampians community health space and see what happens with that we're a network oh we're like one of those big podcasting networks oh yeah we're growing yeah Yeah. this is the new champagne podcasting network um brought to you by gch of course we enjoy anyone who has champagne enjoy it in moderation um leticia i really appreciate you coming on giving up some time to have a chat today um and it's always great catching up with you and um and and seeing what you've been up to so thanks again for coming on thanks gareth and thanks for the mentoring today too (laughs) (laughs) my pleasure Thank you again to Letitia for coming on the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast and talking about the pilot program that she's going to be a part of, where she's going to be assisting people with intellectual disabilities to access telehealth, which is a vital service for anyone, not just with an intellectual disability, but for a lot of people here in regional Victoria. I think it's very, very important. And thanks also, Letitia, for being so open about your personal journey as well as a person uh, with neurodiversity which is really interesting and just shows that anything can be achieved with the right help and uh, with an attitude like yours because it's a bloody good attitude to life. 
This podcast is, of course, the Communities of Middle Name podcast, proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health, and Grampians Community Health offers a wide range of services across a number of local government areas, including the Northern Grampian Shire, Ararat Rural City, Horsham Rural City, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiak Shire, Bull Oak Shire, Southern Grampians Shire, Pyrenees Shire, and Central Goldfield Shire regions. Services available from Grampians Community Health include alcohol and other drug support, carer support, family violence assistance, aged care support, and NDIS support, including home care package case management for aged care, and NDIS support coordination and plan management, mental health services, counselling across a wide range of areas, and much, much more. If you want to know more, Go to our website, which is gch.org.au. You can find all their programs on there, as well as all the areas that we cover. You can follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health, or search Grampians Community Health on your Facebook page. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter, at GCH Grampians is the handle on both of those. You can give us a follow on them. And you can find us on YouTube as well if you search Grampians Community Health on YouTube. This podcast is available on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, uh, Podbean, anywhere good podcasts are found, really. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it'd be really awesome if you could give us a, uh, a review and leave a rating. It does help people find the show. And you're more than welcome to share this episode or any episode, really, with anyone that you that you think might get something out of it so go for your life share away our intro and outro music is an original composition performed by andrew parsons and we use that with his permission and with we thank him for that so thanks for that paso and this podcast was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the jabberong people and we pay respects to all elders past present and emerging and extend that respect to all aboriginal people I hope you've uh, got something out of this episode. And like I said at the at the start, thank you so much for being part of the first 50 episodes of the Communities of Entertainment podcast. It's amazing to think we've gotten to 50 episodes. It's really cool. And I really appreciate the support from people who've listened or shared or everyone who's come onto the podcast as well. We couldn't do it without you guys. So thank you so much uh, from me and uh, from everyone here at Grampians Community Health and Here's to the next 50. Here's to raising the bat again uh, very shortly for episode number 100. My name is Gareth Olver. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And uh, on behalf of everyone here at Grampians Community Health, like I said, thank you so much for being part of our journey to 50 episodes. And we'll be back again shortly with another episode, with episode 51. So until then, I'll say uh, thank you from everyone here at GCH. And we'll say so long. And don't forget the Grampians Community Health is here for you, your family, and our community.